0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you are listening to the podcast, it is Thursday, March 31st. If you are watching the podcast live on YouTube, it's 1 o'clock on the dot. Suck it to all the haters out there who didn't think we could start on time. Just kidding. It was Wednesday, March 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern. We are live on YouTube every day, Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Occasionally, it'll be start a little bit later. Today's sort of a newsy, nuggetsy, notesy type of day. There's a bunch of stuff floating out there. It's just, you know, you come out of the owners meetings and all the coaches and GMs are talking for the first time, you know, really, I guess they talk at the combine, but like this is, you know, you really start to, to, to get them, you know, chatting, uh, after free agency about, about certain different things. And we got, of course, tons of, uh, tons of talk from various coaches and, Owners and GMs, and we will get to that joining me to break it down. Tyler Sullivan, AKA Sully. What's up, buddy? What's happening? Well, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Yeah, we'll just dive right in. We'll just sort of Let's do it. Uh, and like, I, there will probably be topics that I bring up that I find that are not on the rundown, but we will just get to them. We'll just, we'll, we'll do some NFL banter. I uh, will start in New England, where a very interesting. I didn't, let me see if I actually find the quote because I think Debo put my mock draft in there instead of the um, the Robert Kraft note. It's all right. Uh, Bob Kraft, of course, the owner of the New England Patriots, said, I'm a Patriot fan, big time first. More than anything, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. After my family, there's nothing more important to me than the New England Patriots and winning football games. That's my passion. So whatever I can do, hopefully in a small way to make that happen, I'm there. I'm not happy that we haven't won a playoff game in three years. I think about that. A lot. This is maybe the first time I've ever heard something like this from Robert Kraft since 2000. (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, the Patriots won everything for 20-plus years. And now they're not winning. And they haven't won a playoff game in three years. Now, granted, one of those was with with Tom Brady in his final year. The other was the COVID season. And then this past year, they went to the playoffs but lost – uh to the buffalo bills so you know you're two or three in the playoffs something that a lot of teams would kill for sully but i don't fly in new england and bob Kraft ain't happy about it
1: yeah no i mean again if you're everything out of the franchise if you're like the detroit lions you're like okay i would love for my drought to be just three years without a playoff win you know so clearly this is a uh this is a rich person's a rich owner's problem a, a successful owner's problem that Robert Kraft is going through here. The the most interesting thing that I thought about when we're talking about what he said was that was his opening statement. That was unprompted. He is Mm. clearly setting the stage here or setting the expectation for Bill Belichick. And he said a couple of interesting things there in that press conference. There was only like six questions, but I thought that they were all pretty good. And, you know, it looks like he's setting the bar for what New England's season is going to be, setting the bar for Bill Belichick. And a lot of it has to do with getting to the postseason and winning a playoff game you were able to kind of get back there last year you were able to find the quarterback in mac jones and what we've seen from these young quarterbacks in year two is they take that next step and so as much as we're saying you know it's a barometer for bill belichick this is also kind of a testament to mac jones too. say hey listen this is what we've seen from these first round quarterbacks we've invested in you let's see what you can how you can develop over these next few years this next year because you know not to compare them but like patrick mahomes in in year two won a Super Bowl when he was, you know, first year as a full-time starter, second year in the league, won a Super Super Bowl. And then you have uh, Joe Burrow, second year in the league, coming off an ACL, went to a Super Bowl. I mean, the bar is set pretty high for these guys. And obviously Kraft's not saying go to a Super Bowl, but you do have to get to the playoffs and you do have to win.
0: Yeah, it's – and I guess that's not an unreasonable request. Um, The, you know, the – you can you can i mean like you can ask you can want coaches to go to the super bowl or go to the playoffs and win playoff games and that's sort of like what happens in the NFL i guess i guess the deeper question is like what happens if they don't i mean the bills are a really good football team and the dolphins probably as we talked about you know uh last week or it was last week right yeah it was last week um with the tyree hill trade yeah sorry. we did the emergency Ty- tyree hill trade the dolphins probably look like a better team um so, you know, I, I I, don't know, man. I I sort of wonder, like, is it like my question is, is Bob Kraft sending a message to Bill Belichick that if the Patriots don't win a playoff game this year, his seat could be warm? I mean, it seems impossible to suggest that Belichick's seat could be warm.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're talking about a guy that's been there for two decades, is, is taking the franchise along with Tom Brady from a you know, just a deplorable franchise in terms of their success. And now they're one of the, the blue bloods, the gold standard in the NFL. So clearly it's crazy to say that, you know, one of the one of the builders to that is now on the hot seat. But again, you know, it comes for everybody. And you know what I find fascinating with, with Krabs' comments? Again, he, he was going on a bunch of different kind of tangents here, but I think that they were all kind of the same thing. And he was asked about the AFC, you know, how it's been so much better. And he still was like, I still plan to contend as, as early as this year. And so he's aware of how much better the AFC has gotten. And I think that he was pointing towards the draft too. Again, that was a big thing that he was talking about in that press conference where it's, you know, we haven't drafted well over the past four years. Last year was great, but now we need to build on that for another great draft. I think that's a clear message to Belichick to say, hey, listen, I've paid a boatload of money last off season to kind of inject some life and some talent into this roster. But the only sustainable way that you can build a winner for the foreseeable future is by having successful drafts. And unlike the ones that they've had prior to last year, when they brought in Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson and Christian Barmore, that was a good draft, you know, solid pillars, especially at the quarterback position, they need to improve upon that. So again, it's, it's weird to say that Bill Belichick, the GM, is getting called out. And also Bill Belichick, the head coach, is getting called out because it's all it's it's one and the same. You have to have a good draft. If you have a bad draft, you're gonna be on the hot seat as the GM. And if you don't make your make the playoffs and win a playoff game, you might have your seat a little warm in New England as well as the head coach.
0: All right. So but like to play this out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Bill Belichick's never getting fired, right?
1: Now it will I mean if whenever that day comes, let's say that it's you know it it, it get, gets run into the ground, there will never it will be a parting of ways, a mutual parting of ways, that whole thing. But again, if that's even in Robert Kraft's mind, I don't understand how you let a guy like Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler walk out the door. Like if you are setting this the, the bar of right. hey, listen. If you don't play well this, you know, if, if this is not a playoff caliber team this year and you draft poorly, well then we might have to think about moving on. Will you just let a GM, you know, a GM and a head coach leave and everybody thought that that was going to be the era parents at each respective position? Now you really have no plan unless you want to jump into the Matt Patricia ascension, the Joe Judge ascension in house. That's a scary proposition. The only way that it would it would make sense is if you know let, let's play the, you know the hypothetical probably not going to happen game that bill belichick gets fired next offseason do you tr- talk to sean payton like is he somebody mm. that you go into and say listen we need to develop mac jones you're you're great on offense let's see if you can help this quarterback out that's possible but outside of that they really you know Kraft has really not left himself many great in-house options like he had with mcdaniels
0: I, I, again like i mean i don't want to keep asking like i feel like i'm eating this into the ground but there's no, I mean, I, I've I just always been under the impression that Bill Belichick is going to coach until he is done coaching the Patriots, and then he's going to walk away, and then Bob Kraft is going to f- hire somebody else, uh, assuming that, you know, or Jonathan Kraft will, if, you know, if, if he's taken over. Like, the idea that a guy who wins six Super Bowls over a 20-year span could have three bad seasons, two of which he went to the playoffs in,
1: and then get fired while, uh, all right, let me, uh, do you, I don't, I don't see him. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think he's getting fired. I think it's a lot. I think it has a lot to do with, with Tom Brady. I I really do. That that was
0: going to be my next question. Like does Tom Brady's success, does Tom Brady's success drive some of this Bob craft FOMO man, Belichick, you drove Tom away and look, he's still great. Sort of, potential resentment between the owner and the head coach
1: yeah I don't even know if it's that where it's resentment about letting Tom Brady go because at the end of the day Kraft owns the team he could you know he's the one that allowed Tom Brady the ability or waived the ability to be able to franchise Tom Brady and let him go into the open market as a free agent back in 2020 so you know he is not an innocent party in all of this but he did choose the head coach over the quarterback and. If that coach is making him look bad after that decision, where it just hasn't worked out, meanwhile Tom Brady is having on field success, winning a Super Bowl, taking Tampa Bay to the playoffs every year, that does, again, make you look bad in your decision making as the owner. Again, I don't think that he's going to let Bill Belichick go just because of that, but I clearly think that he wants to see some sort of improvement there, whether it, you know, and and it really does start with the draft, in my opinion. Because if there is a promising young core around this team, unlike what we've seen in years past, especially the last four prior to 2021, there's really no hope to try to get this thing turned around. For years, the Patriots would make fun of teams doing what they did last off season, spending a boatload of money, all this guaranteed dollars. And yes, it injected a lot of talent. It, it made them a playoff team last year, but kind of barely. I mean, you saw the difference between Buffalo and New England in that it's, playoff game. It's
0: it was stupid enough to pick have to pick New England to beat Buffalo, and then you're just like, what do we what are we doing here? Buffalo yeah. is so much better than New England. Exactly. Like, exactly, so much like the difference between Buffalo. It's not the same gulf that it used to be between New England and the rest of the AFC, but it's a pretty wide gulf between the Bills and everybody else in or the AFC East. Excuse me, but it's a pretty wide gulf between the Bills and then the Dolphins. Um, Patriots, and you see that reflected in the odds. Like the Bills are minus two hundred or something, and the those two other teams are plus four, four or four to one. Um, and I sure as hell wouldn't bet Belichick and Mac Jones four to one. Now, it's also possible that Mac Jones is freaking awesome this year, that he takes a big leap forward. But then you look at like there just there aren't any weapons around him.
1: Well, see, that's not even my biggest concern. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I think that there are enough weapons from if Mac Jones takes a leap. All of those guys around him could be made better. Hunter Henry had a good year in the red zone. If Jonu Smith gives you anything more than what you got last year after all the money you gave him in the offseason, that's an interesting pairing at the tight end positions. They formed a connection, Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne did. You can make a case that they, if, if Mac Jones elevates that that offense again will be much better. The, the talent will look better on paper. But for me, the who's biggest
0: call it, who's calling call and then the other thing we talked about this on Tuesday's podcast, but, but I want to circle back with you because you yeah. know the Patriots as well as anybody. Um, the you know Belichick said that he's not gonna have an offensive or defensive coordinator this year, and he can always change his mind, he can do whatever he wants. I am not that big in the titles, he said. And then he also was asked about who's calling plays, and he said, We don't have to call any plays for a while. So don't worry about basically. My theory was Breach was like, he's trying to, he's like, Breach Breach was like giving Belichick credit for this. I actually think that Belichick is, doesn't know who's going to call plays right now and scared to say, my offensive guys are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and my defensive guys are my son. And yeah. it's like, because then that, that's like, wait, what? Like, what? I, I'm sorry. That's a this People will kill him for that. People will kill the Patriots for that. And I don't think he wants a full offseason of the New England media just grinding on him, asking why Matt Patricia is in charge of the offense when he's a defensive guy who, you know, I mean, had success you know, running Bill Belichick's defense, but then floundered miserably in, in, in Detroit and came back.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's what I was going to say. That's the thing that concerns me more than not having weapons around Mac Jones. It's the coaching that's going to be around Mac Jones. You can get away with a lot of transitions and not naming offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. When you had Tom Brady there, who was basically a de facto offensive coordinator under center, knowing, you know, I mean, we've talked about it with Tampa. He's basically like teaching By- Byron Leftwich. You yeah. know, they're, ba- they're basically peers at that point in terms of, you know, coaching ability. And so for me, when you have a young asset like Mac Jones, I just don't know how in good conscience you can hand that important of an asset to a guy that, that I mean, in all likelihood, it feels like it's going to be Joe Judge handling the quarterback. I mean, it, that's kind of what things have been, ta- you know, the way things have been trending, things have been talked about, rumored, speculated that Joe Judge is going to handle the quarterbacks with Matt Patricia kind of sprinkling in there as well. I mean, just think of the two offenses in New York and in Detroit when both of those guys were head coaches and even go back to this off season when I, I forget um, who said it, it was, it was one of the owners of, of the New York Giants. I don't know if it was Myra or, or, or whoever, but they were saying about Daniel Jones, we did everything humanly possible to mess this kid up. And in that includes hiring Joe judge as the yeah. head coach. Yeah. And so when you're talking about a first round quarterback being absolutely ruined in Daniel Jones, you're now handing that guy to, to Mac Jones. To me, that's just extremely worrisome. Uh, for his development there. I mean, if well, you're, I mean, te- it, if you're but, telling me really quick, yeah. if you're telling me that you're going to have this, you know, what we saw in a foot, I think it was a football life of Bill Belichick where he's sitting down in the room with Tom Brady, having these one-on-one meetings and developing, developing him as he goes along, then sure, I'd be interested to see how that goes with Bill Belichick. But if you're telling me that we're handing it to Joe Judge or Matt Patricia, that scares the crap out of me.
0: I mean, and and again, like, even aside from the fact that You know, Matt Patricia was defense. It was always been defense, and Joe Judge was specialty. Has always been special teams. Like the optics of giving it to two abject failures of head coaches who have never coached offense before. It reminds me of when, and Debo, you, I'm sure you remember this, when Andy Reid fired Sean McDermott because Sean McDermott couldn't live. Jim Johnson died. Sean McDermott took over the Eagles' defense. And when it didn't work out as perfectly as he needed it to, he fired Sean McDermott, which ended up being a disastrous decision because McDermott was great in Carolina is now a great head coach in Buffalo. And he hired the offensive line coach Juan Castillo to be his defensive coordinator. I mean, surprise, surprise. It turned into a disaster. Debo, you, you of course remember that, right?
2: I remember that. Yeah. Bad move by, by big red.
0: Yeah. and I mean, I think that's what ultimately led to Andy Reid's downfall in, 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 in Philadelphia. And so like, I really do think that's why Belichick doesn't want to name doesn't want to name names.
1: And I just don't understand, you know, again, it it's the naming, you know, titles and everything, like they have done that in the past, but it's been very clear who the offensive or defensive coordinator was. It was Matt Patricia. Usually it was like he waits a couple of years and then he ascends to that title. But we all know he's the one that's calling plays. Same thing even happened with Josh McDaniels. And, you know, right even going back to last year, I know it's kind of a little bit more murky with Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo. And you you don't know who's running the meetings and calling plays on Sundays. But at least you have a somewhat of a two-headed monster of kind of who is running things a little bit, especially on game days, you know, that Steve Belichick is calling the plays. It seems like during the week, it's a little bit more Gerard Mayo on offense. You just don't have that right now in New England, which is a scary proposition. I would, I was all for them possibly going after uh, Bill O'Brien from Alabama. Again, that would have made all the sense in the world. Now, I don't know if, if they're trying to skirt some, some rules, you know, in the league, you know, again, if you, if you're hiring, Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. Doesn't that you have to go through the Rooney Rule and all that kind of stuff too? So maybe there's uh, something that they're trying to avoid there. I, I don't know what it would be yeah. in terms of just trying to not want to. you know, and there's also the the famous quote of Belichick not wanting to poach other guys, particularly from Saban. So maybe there's right, he that. Said
0: it to, he said it to Saban, like they were they yeah. were like, both acknowledging like they, it pisses him off when guys leave their program and take other guys. I think it would be a little different with Belichick and Saban, but I'm sure that. Before Belichick would call Bill O'Brien to ask about his interest in the job, he would call Nick Saban and say, "Hey, are you? You know what? What's what's the deal with Bill O'Brien? What's the deal with Bill? Are you happy with him? Do you? You know? Do you want him to continue there? I'm looking for an offensive coordinator, but I want to check with you before I reach out to him."
1: Yeah, and and, you know the same thing was you know again. I'm not saying I wanted Adam Gase, but at least you're talking about somebody who would have had, in theory, the title as offensive coordinator, even if they promoted Nick Caley to tight end. Plays. Right. Even if, Yeah, exactly. There's really nobody who has experience calling plays right now. Even if you promoted Nick Cayley, the tight ends coach, last year for New England as the offensive coordinator, I think we all would have been, all right, well, that's a little weird. You know, he's a little inexperienced, but we'll see what happens. He worked under Josh McDaniels, obviously under Belichick. We'll see how that goes. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's any good, but they just haven't done that. And the fact that it's so bungled up right now, again, it's it's March. It's just about to be April here. We have plenty of time between now and the start of the season, but you want your quarterback, especially Mac Jones, as well prepared as humanly possible for this year too. Especially when your owner is setting the bar of win a playoff game. Or, you know we don't know what that or else is, but he's setting the bar as to win a playoff game. You would think that you would want to have things lined up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I from a thirty thousand foot national perspective or whatever the hell you want to call my opinion. Um, <laughs> guy sits in chair and watches football. It, it, it's very it's very confusing and concerning and just so out of character. Not having the titles is not out of character for Bill, Bill Belichick because he he did this, I believe, after McGano's left for Denver yep. the first time. Um, and then he may have even – I don't think he did it after Charlie Weiss left. I think – I don't believe I think McDaniels. I think McDaniels is immediately the offensive coordinator after Charlie Weiss left, but I could be wrong. But my the larger point being is that I mean, it's it's just very I I, I my I have to imagine that inside of Boston, the greater Boston area, this is creating more than just a little bit of panic.
1: Oh, local radio is just fantastic right now. It is. Oh, I'm sure. I'm they are. Sure. They are run, like the chicken with their heads cut off. But and, and right. But rightfully so. Again, and they've. You know, we've said it all around here, and I just said it earlier. It's a lot easier to stomach the, the murkiness of the head coaching masthead when you have a quarterback in Tom Brady that can kind of. Ask all of those things. When you have a not only just, you know, a, a quarterback that's not Tom Brady, but a young quarterback that you're still developing. I mean, we all know this. These young quarterbacks are extremely fragile. If something happens, it could alter their trajectory one way or another. They could become an all time great or they could just completely fall by the wayside. And a lot of that has to do with coaching. I mean you see that all the time. If you're if you fall to the right team, if you know Patrick Mahomes falls to the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid it's a match made in heaven. If he goes to the Chicago Bears is he the same Patrick Mahomes? Probably because he's extremely talented, but is he to the heights that he's achieved already? Probably yeah. not. And so you see that now with Mac Jones. Again, I don't expect him to have that type of a impact right away, but you want your first round quarterback to be an elite quarterback. You take him in that round, you take him as high as New England did. It's the highest seat Belichick has ever taken a quarterback in New England. You want that investment to work out. And so you want to surround that as best as you humanly can. And the fact that they haven't right now is a little concerning.
0: Okay. I didn't mean to go that long with the Patriots, but okay. I do think it's, I think it's a big offseason topic. I mean, <laughs> like Bob Craft is is publicly stated. Anyway, let's move on to the next uh, the next team. I know, a team that we don't talk about enough on this podcast, the Philadelphia Eagles. A uh, couple of items here, and Debo, feel free to jump in. One, uh, Jeffrey Lurie said that the Eagles are quote committed to Jalen Hurts. Um, Sully, I'll ask you this first: Do you you actually believe that? Because they were definitely committed to Carson Wentz, and they've been committed to quarterbacks before. But I, I do that. I think they're committed to him for 2022. I don't know how much further past I I I buy into that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm probably right there with you on that. I mean, I don't believe any of these teams when they say they're committed to quarterbacks that aren't on a half a billion dollar, quarter billion dollar deal. I and Trevor we, Carson Wentz on his deal,
0: though. I mean, like, you know, it's
1: like... Right, and, but I mean, you know, even look at Seattle this offseason. They're like, we. Have, it's not our intent to trade, or, you know, it's not yeah. whatever it is to, trade. Our Russell to, to trade Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right. And now he's then, then a Denver Broncos. So, I mean, you know, again, any of these teams, it's all posturing. But ultimately, I do think, this. you know, if this was a different quarterback class, I think that that conversation in the draft gets a little bit more interesting, but the fact that it's not as, you know, heavy at the top, I don't think that you're having the, you know, this, this crazy conversation with Philadelphia where you're like, Oh, maybe you package all three and move up to number one or number two to go get a Kenny Pickett. I mean, it's just not that type of draft this year. So I think it's a lot easier to say that you're committed to Jalen hurts this year when there's no slam dunk kind of guys in the first round, and, you know, you've already kind of gone by the wayside in terms of free agency and the available quarterback. So I'm with you, especially for 2022. I think that I believe them. I'll take that at face value. But beyond that, if you have a, a, a kind of an abysmal season with him and he takes a step back, then then you got to reevaluate.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Debo, your thoughts on the commitment to, uh, to Jalen Hurts here?
2: Yeah, easy to say on March 30th when there was some speculation that they at least were – In the running for someone like russell wilson or in the running for someone like deshaun watson and and both of those didn't end up happening i think for different reasons maybe the seahawks not wanting to deal within the conference uh deshaun watson apparently has these allegiances to jalen hurts as a as a houston native and has known him for some time and, and really wouldn't even have accepted or considered a deal to philadelphia so and I think it would have been wrong for the Eagles to not pursue those options because they're both clearly right now upgrades over Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, easy to say now. I'm committed to uh, rooting for Jalen Hurts in, in 2022, and, and I think he does have a path. We we discussed it over the past two weeks. He's Right now, it, it speaks to the level of the play in the conference, but like the sixth, seventh best quarterback in the NFC. And, and I think he's got room to improve. Last year was essentially his – His rookie season, he was, I would say, slightly above average, and got a team to the playoffs that a lot of people counted out. So, I'm in on Jalen and and kind of seeing his growth potential. And I think that that's right. I think
1: that you know, again, let's just say the hypothetical game, Kyler Murray. Doesn't about face and wants out of Arizona or Lamar Jackson. This thing just goes completely haywire. The Eagles need to do their due diligence on that type of a player. That's a clear upgrade at the position. You have to look at that. It's it's a very similar thing to what Cleveland just did. It's a clear upgrade, Deshaun Watson, talent wise, over Baker Mayfield. So you, you have to, you know, at least consider that as an option. But uh, you're not doing it just to get like Jimmy Garoppolo or you're not doing right. it to get Baker Mayfield. You might as well just continue to see what you have and develop Jalen Hurts
0: and Jalen Hurts not a first round pick so they don't have to worry about picking up the fifth year option after this year anyway you know you can go two more years see if he works out if he's if he continues to get better you franchise tag him uh, and then you can go from there i also think it's worth pointing out too that like and we don't you know we don't talk about this enough really because the the draft was so good but the 2020 uh draft you know featuring of course you know Joe Burrow Tua Tagovailoa Justin Herbert and Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts too. The Jordan Love thing is just a weird one, um, but the of the four guys who have been thrust into heavy playing time as rookies or since their rookie season. I mean, doing that as a rookie, like we're, we're so, like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, probably kind of ruining it for two, definitely for Tua and maybe for Jalen Hurts a little bit because. You're talking about different. Everybody's a different learner. Every, it's, everything's a different situation. It was a COVID off season, and then even 2021 was not a normal season in terms of how you operated. So, I, I do think that being patient and is the prudent measure with with you know both Tua and and Jalen Hurts. Um, and I and I applaud the teams for doing that. And More importantly, what do we think about the Kelly Green unis coming back?
1: I love it. Right. Maybe, maybe the best uniforms in, in sport it's awesome I love that all these teams are starting to do this I know uh who uh, it was the creamsicle Buccaneers ones I'm waiting for my New England Patriots to bring back the Pat Patriot ones I'm sure that announcement's coming soon that's been speculated that that's going to be coming the same type of thing in 2023 but I love all these throwbacks I was a big proponent of it when we started to do this like co- the color rush Thursdays I'm like why yeah. are we why are we not doing uh, I didn't I didn't like the mustard green Jaguars versus the the baby blue Titans on every Thursday. Why are we not doing like throwback Thursdays instead? Where yeah. everybody just goes to your old school uniforms. Again, now blue chargers,
0: so- Kelly Green Eagles. And I mean, it's it's weird. You have to you have to sort of pick your throwbacks and how you assign them, I think. And so it's it's like a cycle of every two or three years. The NFL doesn't want to be doing it. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Man. I mean, come on. I mean, That's random, great. it's just gorgeous. Um, uh, Debo, how excited does this make you? I, I have to assume this is maybe more important to you than the Jalen Hurst news.
2: Clearly, clearly. You know uh, my weekly jersey that I wear on a, on a weekly basis is the 95-96 Kelly Green Mike Mamula jersey. Um, I don't know if I'm like in the market to, to upgrade just because I guess Devontae Smith would be the pick. If you're buying an Eagles jersey right now, we'll see who they draft in the first round this year. But I'd much prefer you know, buying the old school Reggie White and just having that live on forever rather than you know, there, uh, dealing with people that thought you know they were buying a Carson Wentz jersey and thought that they could wear that for the next ten to fifteen years, and then it ended up being another you know two years.
0: Yeah, the Wentz, the Wentz jersey is a tough is a tough scene. Um, yeah. If you drafted that, I'm trying to think if there's a uh, a potential pick in the first round where you could. Like is there is there somebody named White in the first round that the Eagles could take? Um, you know, no, I just get the I ninety-two
2: did. at that point because he's not going to have the same number. Just get the ninety-two. If you want to go, Randall clearly, Seth Joyner. just go old school. I did something very similar
1: to what you're trying to do. Will. I did a. Um, I, I got. I'm obviously a Celtics fan. I grabbed a Kemba Walker number eight jersey. And I was like, well, if it doesn't work out for Kemba Walker, Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker, to, there you go, there you it, it go. Wear, and, and you know what? Kemba Walker didn't work out, so yeah. now it's an Antoine Walker jersey. Wait,
0: wait, does Kemba wear number eight too, just like yeah. Antoine? Man, yeah, I love.
1: It was the same thing. I, I loved Antoine on the Celtics. Yeah. I used to yeah. play yeah. An NBA Live 2000 with him all the time. See, that's yeah. perfect with the same number. Yeah, that's yeah. but like how often, you know? Again, that that is you know a once in a blue moon type of thing there. Right, but, you
0: need the you need the the Eagles to trade for Zach Cunningham and him to <laughs> wear twelve so like or sign Zach Cunningham. But I love it. I mean they they
1: they were they were even saying that they're going to try to make these as close as humanly possible to the actual throwbacks. I mean, so again, you're getting and it's taking a it's going to take a year. I think you know for both for I think all of these. I think this is all twenty twenty three so far. I know the creamsicles. For Tampa Bay and obviously Philadelphia, it's going to start in 2023. But this is exactly what the NFL should be doing. It's that perfect nostalgia hit where you bring back these old school uniforms. I even like what Tampa Bay does, where they completely throw back the stadium. I think I forget what they call it. I think they might have called it like you know, uh, I forget what what it's called, like a homecoming day or something like that. But they pretty much do the whole stadium in creamsicle. I mean, that's that's awesome. This is exactly what teams should be doing.
0: Uh one more before we get to a break. Uh Lamar Jackson tweeted out on um Wednesday morning. I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that putting that false narrative out that I'm having my having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. And then a like an eye roll smirk emoji. I think that's an eye full eye roll emoji for when it's on Twitter. I mean it's uh basically the the buzz was that and he me made me taking this firing the shot, uh people added me apparently. Um uh, the maybe they the maybe he's, maybe he's coming to Jason Lockham for, I don't know um, you know the the Sean Watson contract and the fully guaranteed nature of it uh, has caused La- people to speculate that Lamar Jackson will want a bigger contract because he has a better long term resume than Deshaun Watson and none of the off field issues that that Watson has dealt with in addition uh, there was a quote from Steve Besotti the Ravens owner who said that at some point Lamar needs to call Eric DaCosta, the GM, he can't just be having Eric call him every week and say, Lamar, you need to get in here. So sort of competing narratives and and you know, maybe Lamar should, you know, be taking it up with his owner instead.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this is an interesting conversation. Again, you know, we've talked you guys have talked about this a bunch where you know he doesn't have an agent, right? So it's it's kind of a different type of negotiating that we're gonna be seeing. It's not gonna not gonna be that traditional here with him. And and i think lamar is i mean i understand why you know they like hey come on in let's get this thing done i actually don't hate the way he's playing it if you're talking about maximizing dollars and maximizing the amount of time or amount of money that you're going to make here the longer you wait the better i mean what what's you know for him right now what's the difference between signing the new contract right now or in training camp i mean you never know what can happen here kyler murray could sign a long-term deal with the Arizona Cardinals that completely changes the landscape yet again, or, or at least makes the Deshaun Watson ex- or new deal with the Cleveland Browns the norm. And then it's not just an anomaly that the Baltimore Ravens can say, hey, listen, that's not actually what the market is dictating. He can wait till training camp or whatever and say, hey, listen, you know, Kyler Murray might've got that deal too. And, and so hold on now. I'm I'm better than both of those guys, or I have a better resume than both of those guys here. So, I, you know, it's a little bit unorthodox, but again, it, it's unorthodox because it's not an agent. There's not that traditional dance that everybody's used to. I don't mind the way he's playing it right now.
0: I I, I don't either. And look, you know, worst case scenario, I, the way Lamar Jackson
1: plays, I would rather have that big contract than have to go to the franchise tag. No, but for sure. St- but if you're him... I don't think that he's looking at it that way. I think he's just like, I'm going to max, you know, he's probably thinking he's invincible. So he's like, I'm going to play, I'm going to play till I'm 40. I'm going to do the same thing. And we
0: also did the math on yesterday's show where, you know, he gets his fifth year option this year. And then the following year, he's going to get like 35 something million dollars fully guaranteed. And then all of a sudden your contract starts to become it, it cumbersome and eventually you can get to the point where you would hit the open market and that, and you, you know, the Ravens couldn't stop you or would just have to throw everything at you. So not, it's not a crazy idea. I, I lied. One more thing before we get to the break. Actually, what? No, we'll take a break and we come back. We'll talk about quarterback movements this off season And I'll mention the, the, because it actually, the, the one more thing relates to what I, what we're going to talk about next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Owners meetings thing where people ask him questions and he doesn't actually say anything. And you know, if you want to be a big J journalist, you gotta get your question asked. Uh there were a couple of new faces though asking questions, including a Houston tech. Uh, did you watch it? Did you see the No, anymore? I didn't see it. Okay. I saw
1: clips on on Twitter, but that was it.
0: The guy, so there's somebody trying to ask him. I don't even know.
1: I'll, I'll see if I can find it.
0: I don't even know who it was. I didn't I'd never I never I'm not try to be mean. I just never heard of him. Um and he but he raised his hand and got um Got to, got to ask Goodell a question and he was trying to ask Goodell, will you circumvent, you know, would you be willing to uh, like, so Deshaun Watson got a million dollars for this year under the auspices that if he is suspended, the NFL wants to be able, or that, that, that he won't lose a ton of money because uh, it was Brooks, uh, Brooks Kubina, who is a, Texans beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. I've I, I never met him, I don't think. Um, and uh, and he 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 like kind of stumbled through the question, honestly. And he didn't. Uh, Goodell, he asked the he asked the question. He's like, "Could you would you be willing to um, take a look at the contract of a player who was being?" And Roger Goodell was like, I, "I don't understand your question." And so they like it, it was it was asked really poorly. And he stumbled yeah. through it, and eventually Goodell kind of answered it but he deshaun watson's name never got mentioned nor the contract details but goodell was like this is the personal conduct policy we can basically do whatever the bleep we want you know and um it's true you can the nfl can and i don't think with the personal conduct policy there's actually any maximums or there's no minute you know with the with on-field fines for stuff you do there's a, a max you can find somebody right you yep. can't find somebody five million dollars for dirty hits. Yep. Um, for off-field stuff in the personal conduct policy, I don't think there are maximums. And it actually reads, um, depending on the nature of the violation of the player's record, discipline may be a fine, a suspension for a fixed or an indefinite period of time, a combination of the two, or banishment from the league with an opportunity to reapply. Uh, and while the question ended up being bad and Giddell's answer was kind of vague, I think the, we ultimately get to the fact that the, the NFL, can suspend Deshaun Watts six games, take his six game checks and find him $500,000 or find him a million dollars, whatever they want to find him. If they believe that the contract the Brown's negotiated circum is purposely designed to circumvent disciplinary financial loss. Uh, so I just think that's kind of interesting. Also Goodell pointed out that it is unlikely Sully for this to be a commissioner's exempt list situation with the criminal aspect criminal case uh aspect of it out of like already moved on from unless it pops back yeah. up of course so i just found those two things kind of interesting as it relates to deshaun watson who is your number two ranked offseason quarterback move on the field
1: yeah yeah I, and again the what we're talking about here in terms of the 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 punishment and possible you know fines and all that stuff i mean you know, even if they find him like a million dollars or something like that, like wasn't that I was trying to look it up really quickly. Wasn't that Brady's fine for deflate gate? Wasn't that like the biggest I mean, in yeah. NFL history or whatever? So, like, you know, even if even if like they find him that much, it's one yeah, one or he did the Patriots paid the million dollars. Yeah, but like it's not like the it's not like he's gonna get like the biggest fine in NFL history. This still circumventing it in some way, it's just a matter of how much are they circumventing that possible suspension and, and missing out on money in terms of game checks and all that stuff? But in terms of, like we're talking about here, impact, on-field type of additions here, you can argue that this is number one. I mean, in, in if, if everything off the field is not happening, it is a decade-setting move for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Deshaun Watson's only 25, 26 years old. He is as talented... And in the realm of a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, he is firmly in that tier. I mean, he was a guy that was taking the Houston Texans, who are you know arguably the worst team in the NFL, and making them competitive and putting them in playoff situations and basically doing it on his back. And so when you add that now to Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, I understand the AFC is a lot more different. You obviously, you're in a division now with, with the Baltimore Ravens, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are no joke defensively, it's going to be a, t- a lot tougher. But you're talking about adding a quarterback that could realistically set you up for the next decade in terms of his talent if he stays healthy, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. And if if Watson were completely clean off the field, yep. I agree with you. He's the number one move because Cleveland built up this roster. And again, we're doing some of these top five quarterback offseason moves. I didn't do a great job of transitioning it, but... I wanted to get the Watson thing in there because yeah. I thought it was important. And I do think that Roger Goodell basically said in his press conference, something: Deshaun's getting something. Yeah, of course. Like, and, like, and, that's,
1: and that's what takes it to number two. And I think we talked about it too, even, you know, grading uh, moves, whatever it was last week where I gave the, the Browns like a B plus because there's so much risk here. For the franchise, when you talk about the compensation that they gave up, three first-round picks, you're losing your best cracks at franchise foundational players for basically the next half decade, and if all of a sudden you're going to lose out on, you know, I don't know, a half a season, probably not a full season, but if you get like six games or something like that for Deshaun Watson this year, you know, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback and everything, but I don't think he's going to lead you to six and zero. Oh. I don't think he's going to – you're lucky if you're hovering around 500 at that point, especially, you know, depending on who they play. If they have division games early, I mean, Cincinnati's going to be cooking on all cylinders. Same thing with Baltimore-Pittsburgh, yeah. you never know. Like, that's not going to be easy for them, and in turn, those picks going back to Houston are going to be that much better, you know, or at least for 2023. So there's a lot of risks there in terms of the money that you gave them, the, the draft capital that you gave up. If things go just a little bit sideways, I mean, we almost felt that last week where there was another, what, you know, another county was coming out with another oh, yeah. you know, another case around. If something else sprouts up here, this thing has the chance to completely go nuclear.
0: Yeah. And look, the NFL
1: has, again, full authority to do whatever the
0: hell it wants to do. If, if the NFL believes that, you know, I don't know, 18 of these plaintiffs are, you know, have, have no case, but four of them were you know in, in like it's Mary Joe White will be handling it and Roger Goodell man talk about like he in the 2020 CBA they made such a big deal out of Getting Goodell's authority out of the way. Like, this is too much. It's crazy how he's in. And, and, and owners are like, yeah, suckers. That's right. So, yeah get, get all worked up about that. We're like, we're gonna don't worry about us slipping these gambling rules in here and, and all this other. Like, hey, we're gonna give you weed, and Roger won't be in charge of discipline anymore. How's that sound? And everybody's like, Yeah, we won. It's like, by the way, we still have franchise tags, salary caps, and um, and you know, and 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 everything's designed to to work for the owners. At any rate, um, I think Goodell's kind of dodged a bullet on this one because he's not in charge of it. Like Mary Jo White is, and Mary Jo White is not going to be soft on a guy with twenty two, uh, like uh, acu- twenty two different accusations of sexual assault. We're g- if if even like a quarter of them, or even like an eighth of them, have appear to have some, you know, some teeth to the to the allegations, she's she's not going to be like, oh, let's just suspend this guy two games, you know, because then the then the NFL looks stupid.
1: You know, they, they,
0: they he could get suspended
1: for a full year. Yeah, like that's not that crazy. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility for a commissioner exemplist, you know, to start the year and all, all of these things are still very much in play for Deshaun Watson, which makes this thing very, very interesting. But again, the re- and that's why, but it's because he's so talented. That's why it's number two on this list. I mean, we're talking about all these crazy things. You would think that that would put you at the very bottom of these lists, but the fact that he is as talented as he is. And again, that's just the way it that's just, that's just the way it is on the field. He's better than a lot of other quarterbacks. This is a move, if everything, if Cleveland lands on their own two feet after this whole thing, you might have set yourself up for the next decade with this quarterback. So that's why it's number two. It's not number one for all the reasons that we're talking about, but from the sheer talent on-field standpoint, I mean, you're talking about Kansas City, Buffalo, and that's really it. Everything else is a conversation in terms of how talented you are at quarterback.
0: Yep, I agree completely. Uh, Matt Ryan, to the Colts, number five. Uh, look, <laughs> I gotta be honest. You, or I guess you, you, uh, Dejani was disrespectful of the Matt Ryan thing, but you weren't high on him either. I think Matt Ryan should be number three on this list. Okay. Five is too low. Matt Ryan still has a lot of good football left in him. And as Jim mercy pointed out, um, in, in, uh, in a way that ultimately, like, he really slapped Carson Wentz in the face. I mean, it was pretty, like, uh, you know, he said, he said that, uh, he said that it was just time to move
1: on. Like we have to run away as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. He said, he said,
0: I think, I think the worst thing you can do is have a mistake and try to keep living with it going forward, Ersing said, via the Indianapolis Star. For us, it was something we had to move away from as a franchise. It was very obvious. That But what he's talking about is Carson Wentz. I mean, God, you think he hates Carson Wentz or what?
1: I mean, Um, that is just unbelievable. You you do not see owners be that blunt about a player. I mean, you know, I don't think he specifically named him, right? It wasn't like. He never said he won't
0: say his name. I bet he hates Carson Wentz.
1: (laughs) He also then said, no disrespect to Jacksonville,
0: but I mean, they're the worst team in the league. You play well and hard for the first quarter or so, and they're looking to go to the locker room and clean it out. I've never seen anything like that in my life. You say, my God, there's something wrong here. It needs to be corrected. I think we feel like we did. Uh, and they said, and then he again didn't it will not say Carson Wentz's name. Added, your guy's got to pick you up and carry you through Jacksonville. He has to do it, not an option, has to. No excuses, no explanations. I mean, just an added uh oh, hold on. Here we go. Oh. A little bit more. You search for the right chemistry with any team. In football, it's as important as any sport that there is. If that chemistry is off, if it isn't there, it can be extremely detrimental and lower performance to a degree that is stunning and shocking. He added, for us, the fit just wasn't right. I don't know why. A lot of times you don't know why, but you know it isn't. It was important for us to move in a different direction. My goodness gracious. Now, he also... Uh, then added on Matt Ryan. I think it was really quite remarkable and a great tribute to Chris talking about Ballard, the GM, to generate strong trade interest and get the deal done with Washington. I don't lose the fact that it was a pretty big blessing from the football gods where we were and where we could be if things didn't don't materialize to that level. You end up cutting Carson and we'd get nothing, and then you, you know, the Matt Ryan trade. I like. I just think that for and part, the other reason I had, and this is the other reason that I had Matt Ryan. I would have Matt Ryan higher. Yep is that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich if they didn't come away with a like a a, a an impressive solution to the quarterback problem this offseason Jim Irsay was Jim is kind of kooky I mean he's obviously a little eccentric to you know if we'd call him crazy if he didn't have money but he's he's rich so he's eccentric um and because of that like he I could see him if they ended up with Jimmy G like a bum shoulder Jimmy G or just Baker Mayfield, like cast off from the Browns, I think that Ursa would would really tighten the screws on them. And if they didn't make the playoffs and the AFC is deep, they'd be in trouble. And I think Matt Ryan has just this gravitas about him. And, you know, you bring him in, he meets with the owner. But, you know, Ursa's calling Arthur Blank, like, hey, man, like how, you know, and Blank is just spouting, you know, platitudes about about uh, about Matt Ryan. I think, I just think this is a, not only is, is he a, a massive upgrade over Carson Wentz from a football perspective, but you have appeased your owner with a guy who could be the solution for three years or so.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that one, where it's again clear, clear upgrade from what you had. Best out of the that second tier options. You know, Indy wasn't in the the running for a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, or at least it wasn't like reported that they were the finalists or in the thick of those type of sweepstakes. But out of the Jimmy Garoppolos, the Baker Mayfields, Matt Ryan is clearly the better option out of all of them. The reason why I have have it 5 and again, you know, I talked a little bit about it last week. DeJohny was a little bit more I think critical of it, but I was I was right there with them saying like they have to figure this out long term. I mean, Matt Ryan is no spring chicken here and it's also not Matthew Stafford going, you know, spending his entire career with Detroit and then going to LA. Atlanta to Indy is totally different. The talent is different. Where they are in the stage of their careers are different, and more importantly, the reason why I have it is number five. And you know, you'll see as we kind of go through the list a little bit more. This is happening in the AFC. If this, if the Indianapolis Colts were in the NFC, this thing gets bumped That's up right. a little bit more because Matt Ryan is now, again, still you know one of the better quarterbacks in that conference on a much better team. They were a playoff team a year ago with Carson. uh, They they weren't a playoff team. They were knocking on the door of a playoff spot last year with Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan probably gets them there in 2021. But now you're talking about 2022 where – this whole conference is so much better. I mean, I look at it from new England standpoint, they were able to make the playoffs, but right now they don't feel like a playoff team. So that, you know, and I don't think that Indy is going to be the one that's replacing them. I think it's probably going to be Denver or it's, it might be Cleveland. It might be, you know, go down the list of all of these teams that have reshaped and redone their roster at Los Angeles chargers, are another one the Raiders I mean that whole AFC West is so much better than it was a year ago you know minus the Chiefs losing Tyree Kill but they are still clearly I mean, look, going the, to be in the thick of it
0: the win totals are like 11 and a half yeah. 10 10 and like eight and a half for the Raiders maybe nine for the Raiders I mean it's 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 absurd and yeah, it's it's gonna be hard. I think Indy has a better chance than New England a better path to the playoffs than New England. For oh sure. yeah, for
1: sure. Because the division is still up in the air. I yeah. mean you could you could contend with, with Tennessee, but I still would take Tennessee in that circumstance. I think they upgraded with, with Robert Woods over uh, Julio Jones. They brought back Harold Landry. You know, they, they are making the right kind of pieces there. And I like Mike Rabel there as well. Again, it's possible that they win that division, but that to me is the only way that they're making the playoffs. And I, I would not surprise me. Yes, they in, they improve at the quarterback position from year to year, but from a year to year standpoint, they still might find themselves in the same position just because the conference got better.
0: Yeah. It, 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 totally possible. I mean, it's, you know, you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs just because you have Matt Ryan. I just feel behind that line If they can improve the weapons a little bit. Michael Pittman, uh, you know, I think can turn into a, a an alpha this year, and they are even at Caesars plus 115 the Titans and Colts are to win the division. Before the trade, the Titans were a slight favorite. Um, but that also was when it looked like it was sort of like the, the everybody they're being cautious with the Colts because they didn't know who they were going to end up having at quarterback, yeah. And once the Matt Ryan rumors uh, picked up, it, it they certainly kept the Colts they didn't want to get the Colts to like three to one or anything like that and, and have people get uh burnt. The the Falcons uh division future that I bet is looking like uh perhaps a, a foolish in there. <sighs> <laughs> but, you can do this, like. um, but you your, your NFC-AFC point is a good one. And that brings us to number four and number three, the aforementioned Carson Wentz traded to the Washington Commodores, Commod- Commandos, Com- Commodores, Commanders, whatever you want to call them, uh, and Jameis Winston to back to the Saints in a free agent signing as your number four deal. Uh, so you're you're essentially moving these two deals above the Matt Ryan deal because it's the nfc and those trades could or the, those acquisitions could now make these two teams probably fringe playoff contenders at worst.
1: Part, partially. That's especially true with New Orleans. way The way that I we were talking about this, especially with Debo, was in terms of impact. And impact can happen positively and also happen negatively. So when we're talking about Carson Wentz, I'm looking at that as a negative impact. I think that that move sent back the franchise... Uh, another two three years i mean i don't understand that move whatsoever by them so i'm ranking it high because it's drastically impacting that franchise in a negative way so again it's not positive i'm looking at that strictly negatively from that franchise's perspective i mean we just were talking about jim ursay running as way as fast as humanly possible from carson wentz and for some reason washington is like nope we'll take him we'll take him before we see all the quarterback dominoes fall we we, we are going to be the first team that really moves well on they,
0: they whiffed they whiffed on russ they wanted russ too and they had a big offer out for russ and didn't get it but but you're, tell-
1: that, that you're telling me that you couldn't have waited to see, okay, maybe we don't want Deshaun Watson again. I, th- that franchise is going through its own off the field things. I think, I think that was probably like, not going to get in the Deshaun Watson market. No, we can't get Deshaun, but you can wait and see, okay, if Deshaun wants, we don't want Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson wants to go to a couple of these places that have quarterbacks in yeah. place. Let's wait and see what happens. I would much rather have Matt Ryan. You could be in that discussion. I would yeah. much rather have baker mayfield you know i don't know if you know jimmy garoppolo is available right now but i would much rather have jimmy garoppolo than carson wentz i don't understand why they acted so quickly it felt super reactionary to losing out like you said losing out on russell wilson that they had to make a move and they just kind of went super quickly it's like what denver did when they lost out on aaron Rodgers. only they ended up with russell wilson as opposed to the washington uh, commanders ending up with carson wentz i think that that move sends the franchise back again there is the draft. They can figure that all up. Maybe they, they draft a the quarterback and he's the answer. But if they are really going with Carson Wentz and that's their guy, I think it sets the franchise back You know, a, a, a bajillion years. I don't think that they're anywhere close to contending. Because, again, it's not like you're going like Ryan Tannehill from Miami where it just didn't work out. You land in Tennessee and it works. This is his third stop now. Usually good quarterbacks – they show it in, in, before they hit that third stop. And so for me, you know, I think that sends them back super, super, you know, in terms of competing in what is should be the easiest division in the NFL or one of them. I don't I don't see them contending whatsoever at all.
0: Yeah, the your point about the dominoes is actually a good one because they made the move not knowing that Matt Ryan would be available. Like they made the move before gathering all the information, not knowing Baker Mayfield might be available. You know, once you whiffed on Russ, you could have held off and held off and held off and played a little chicken like the Colts did, and say, you know what, we don't. And uh, granted, you know, the Colts don't get to do that if 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 Washington doesn't take uh, Carson Wentz off their hands. But yeah, you get the feeling like the Colts might have been cutting Carson Wentz anyway.
1: Um, Right, and that's the other thing. I mean, they were clearly. I mean, you have to be able to read the tea leaves throughout the league. Again, we see it, you know, in reports that sometimes come three weeks later than when it actually occurred. You need to be able to see these things in real time again, not expect that Matt Ryan's going to be available, but see the domino of okay. Deshaun Watson has yet to find his team. It's seems like he's going to get moved this off season. Let's hold back. It's not like we're in this big sweepstakes to go after Carson Wentz. It's not like a team's going to swoop in and go get him. I feel like you were the only team in the NFL that was vying for his services. If anything, the longer you wait, the closer you get to the draft or the closer you get to these, you know, kind of temples of the offseason, that price goes down, whether he gets released or you can get him for a song and a trade. And we're not talking about these conditional, you know, playing time incentives and the thing goes up and things like that. I just don't understand the timing. I don't understand the target for them. So, again, to me, it's up there because I think it's a bad impact move that's going to set them back a few years.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then that, that is totally different. So, it's a, the impact. It's the impact. Yes. It's not the how much you like it. Uh, Jameis, I think. Jameis the- is different.
1: Jameis, yeah. I like that one. Because, yeah. again, we're talking about the, and that's where we're talking about the AFC and the NFC. On you know, for everything being equal, I think Matt Ryan's clearly shown being a more capable winning quarterback throughout his career than Jameis has in his career. But the fact that you're going back to a New Orleans team where the coaching staff is pretty much the same outside of Sean Payton leaving, you were five and two before you suffered the torn ACL. You had a good touchdown interception ratio. You're in a conference now that is getting worse. You can clearly contend if you're in New Orleans if you have Alvin Kamara right, if you have Mike uh, uh, Michael Thomas right. You have pieces in place where you should be able to contend and make the playoffs there. And so, when you're kind of splitting those hairs between those quarterback moves, I, I, I'm, I'm a little cautious about Indianapolis making the playoffs because that conference got better, even though they upgraded yeah. a quarterback. New Orleans is staying the same at quarterback, but because the conference got worse, I think their playoff chances improved.
0: And you know, the the Saints are a lot. The Saints are like five to one to win the, the division, right? Yeah. Whereas the Colts. Are, so, the, I mean, um, let me look real quick. I was. Uh, looking at this earlier on a different site for something I've got to do later today. I just want to find the, they have win uh, wind totals and miss or make the playoffs. I'm not going to mention them because it's again, not it's not Caesars and, and look, uh, win totals are not up across the board right now. Either make or miss the playoffs. Cause we don't know the schedule. We know the opponents, but you don't know the order uh, that they're going to be in. And of course, you know, moves are still happening. The Colts. Wow. What would you guess the Colts? Uh, Game total, tur- win total is and their miss make playoff number is. Win total
1: is it is
0: it nine and a half? It is nine and a half. solid. nice work. Over is minus 125, which mm. is again you get two against Houston and two against Jacksonville. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We say that last year, and yes, <laughs> they're not free wins. Um make playoffs. The Colts are minus 152. Miss playoffs, Colts plus one seventeen. That is surprisingly high for me because I think it's be tough to get in, as we point out, as a wild card. Right. Um. Man, that's an interesting number. You're, bank-
1: you're banking on again Tennessee to kind of continue take that step back, and Ryan Tannehill to really you know have questions about that future for you to f- re- feel really good about that pick. And you know the Saints. What well, do you guess the Saints win total is? Hmm. That's probably seven and a half,
0: eight, eight and a half, eight eight, eight. plus one sixteen over. And then make playoffs, yes, is plus 145. Miss playoffs, minus 190. That's kind of a steep price there. Like, I feel like there's, I mean, I, I think the Colts are a better, probably a better roster overall. Yeah. I think it's probably negligible. Like, the Saints probably have a better defense. Both have good offensive lines, um, elite running backs. You, maybe you're concerned that the head coach shift will be a problem. Uh, but, you know, it, it, but the quarterback's better for Indianapolis. I'm, I'm surprised it's that much higher, it, given that it's in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I think that's really – again, that's that's what it is. The, the conference to me is a little – is what makes the difference I there. I saying the, the, the Colts are, are like – No, I know, but you're talking about a much easier for for at least, you know, at least you could have the conversation about winning the division for that's Indianapolis. True, that's true, that's you true. You can't have that in ta- with Tampa Bay yeah. there now, especially yeah, with Brady.
0: And, and the AFC West could beat up on each other and, yeah. you know, two teams make the playoffs and then the Colts sneak in as a wild card. you got seven teams going. That's true, that's true. With There's no – you can't really picture the Saints knocking off the Bucks in that direction. Yeah. No. Um, Speaking of the AFC West, we'll wrap up with this. Your number one impact quarterback move, Russell Wilson, to the Denver Broncos.
1: No-brainer. I mean, clear cut. Clear cut. Especially, you know, like we were saying earlier, with the Deshaun Watson off-the-field stuff, so uncertain. This is a slam dunk. I mean, I've I've been saying for a while now that I felt like Denver was the latest – Tampa Bay before Tom Brady, where all the pieces were kind of there. They just needed to find that quarterback. And if someone shook loose, we all thought it was going to be Aaron Rodgers. Then that franchise can go to the moon. The same thing is said here with, with Russell Wilson. They didn't really, you know, they gave up a lot of capital. They gave up some, some, you know, some good pieces in Harris and in Fant, but ultimately i think that this is just a, a slam dunk move have to do it i'm fascinated to see how nathaniel hackett's going to kind of use russell wilson in this offense with jerry judy Cortland sutton uh tim patrick i think is still there uh gervonta williams J. J. I, Hamler. Mean, I mean that is just going to be a very albert O. too i mean yep. that's going to be a great offense i think it's going to be fascinating to see that work and so Again, it's not the long term play like Will, uh, like uh, Deshaun Watson because he's you know because Russell Wilson is just that much older. But if you're talking about a five year window, you know, just of straight contending, you had to make this move if you're Denver. I mean, you're looking at a division where it's Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Those two quarterbacks could run the conference over the next decade. You have to bring in somebody like Russell Wilson to at least fend them off for those that first half decade. So to me, again. It's a it's a great move. I'm fascinated to see how quickly they can kind of get things rolling here. But it's the number one quarterback move of the offseason by far for me.
0: Yeah. I mean if 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 they don't land Russ, they are probably the favorites to I mean not the favorite to have the number one overall pick, but
1: like I mean you're talking about probably, you know you're,
0: you're getting you're taking six L's out of the like out of the gate.
1: And it's so important for them to and again, you know, it's it's an NFL franchise. It's going to be valuable no matter what but in terms of just your franchises for sale it is going, you know that is a huge thing looming over the denver franchise the fact that you are now putting in a legitimate superstar quarterback there again it's not going to change it dramatically uh, but i think it does you, but like how but in terms of the asking price like is that oh, I, against,
0: I think i think having russell wilson gets them over 4 billion
1: yeah which okay. is
0: which, as Jason Lockefora wrote uh, in his recent column, is massive because there are some NFL. He 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 thinks there are some NFL owners who are looking to potentially cash out. That you know, just hey, like we we can get four billion dollars right. and change. Like you know, we didn't have four billion dollars before we bought this franchise, and now now we might. Um, and they see that number and might think, okay, this is the perfect. Like for, maybe this will be the peak of NFL franchise value. You could one could even argue that like you know, the NFL, like NFL conspiracy theory that they pushed Russell Wilson to Denver in order to crank up the value of the franchise or that they were willing to give up whatever, like that that Broncos, people in the Broncos management told George Payton, give up what you got to give up to get Russell Wilson because that puts a, because not that the Broncos, the Broncos would have fetched a lot of money anyway. Yeah. Blue Blood franchise, you know, Elway, yeah you know, all the, the you know, so, so much history
1: so it's it's yeah. a it's one of the biggest brands in the league in my opinion yeah. for sure
0: yeah and that wasn't be, and like a pretty clean you know like you don't have like washington stuff you know like, yeah. or even yeah. you know, you, and you, good know. market
1: i think denver's a great, great market
0: great market uh you know stadium caught fire recently but that's about it um uh but at any rate like russ just t- it takes it over the top because it's like the problem would have been you buy this franchise and you think man Like, are we going to win? Like, I'm buying a franchise in the same division, just Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, and now you feel like, okay, like, this is, if I buy this franchise, we've got a competitor, a Super Bowl competitor for the next, at minimum, three to five years.
1: And not only that, I mean, you know, Wilson's the perfect guy. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to get moved, Wilson's the perfect kind of guy to put there. If you lose out on Ross, if he goes somewhere else, I mean, are you really going to pursue Deshaun Watson and all of what that comes with off the field when you're trying to sell the franchise? I don't don't think that you are. I don't think that you're in that. So then you're in the Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield type of discussions. I mean, it just, it is such a steep decline that they would have went down talent-wise. And you just said it too, in that division, you're not competing at all. You're, you know you're, you're the four, if you have Baker Mayfield, Jim Garoppolo, I would take Derek Carr over all of those yeah, yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Right? You have the, the worst yeah. quarterback in the division if if you go anywhere else.
0: Derek Carr would have been supplanted as the best quarterback in the world, the worst quarterback in the best division of all time. Um, all right, Sully. Great stuff as always, buddy. Uh, that's a we got a full hour out of that. Squeezing, well, yeah. squeezing the juice. Thanks, thanks, Bob Kraft for the. Uh, <laughs> for the for the, for the un, unprompted comments about about Bill Belichick and uh, and for all the offseason stuff that's happened uh, as always follow him at tyler sully read him on cbsports.com we'll talk to you later buddy appreciate it